Good morning, Glad Tidings. How is everybody? Just want to let you know that football is going to be kicking off soon. I can't wait. See, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Well, uh, I am excited. Pastor Walt and Carrie are on on vacation, so they're allowing uh, myself and Carissa to actually bring the message today. Um, we are, have been doing a series, uh, culture shock and, and dealing with how do we as Christians and the church, how do we respond to culture? You know, culture is not supposed to respond to us. We're supposed to show the light of Christ and the love of Christ and make an impact around, uh, to the people around us and to the world around us. And, um, and I, I think in regards to social media, which is what we're going to talk about today, it's probably one of those things that I feel like if we've made done anything right as a parent, this is probably the, the place that we have made, at least for me, um, some of the best decisions. And some of that is in regards to the way that we were raised. Some of that is in regards to the mistakes that we've made and the things that we wanted to do right. Can I, can I get you to, to respond to a question? How many of you guys are first-generation Christians? So that means you got saved. Nobody in your family was saved, and you're a first-generation Christian. Thank you. So usually what happens is we are a product, to some degree, in, in the, the home that we were raised. It's where we got our values. It's where we learned some things. Um, whether, and how many know that everybody in here is dysfunctional? If you don't know that, the people around you know that you're dysfunctional. You're dysfunctional. So we all kind of come from some broken families or some broken things inside of us. And media has influence. Have you recognized in the last 10 or 12 years, media has kind of taken on this brand new, huge thing. You can't escape it. It's all over the world. It influences decisions we make, and especially our kids. And so for Chris and I... Um, when, when I was growing up, my parents were more probably, uh, concerned about behavior modification rather than what I internalized in and lived out in my heart. So, you know, as Christians change is an internal thing. It begins when God begins to change the way you think and what you believe. And that's expressed by the way that you live your life. And so for me, um, When it comes to media, the one thing I didn't want is I didn't want my kids stumbling onto pornography. As as I begin to discover more about my family, four generations, four generations of um, either cheating on their spouses or pornography. And I made a commitment to the Lord and I said, I want that to end with me. So I was introduced at eight to pornography. And it shaped my world. It shaped what I believed about me. It shaped what I believed about God. It impacted every area, aspect of my life. And it was something because I could keep it hidden and it was in my home that it actually became something that I practiced and internalized. And it just, it changed everything. And so when Chris and I got married, uh, I just took a test recently. I think it's, it's part of a extended or an addition to the disc profile. And it talks about motivators and I'm motivated by a number of different things, but the lowest on my list is rules out of a hundred. I got a three. 
So how many know God and his wisdom connected me with somebody who is very high in rules and it, it created some boundaries for me that I had never had in my life. And I have found that there is life within rules if it is done correctly. And so we wanted to create boundaries for our kids, safe places in our home that they would not be introduced to certain things. It doesn't mean that they don't have opportunities. It just won't happen in our home. And so Carissa has done an incredible job about uh, helping our kids, helping our family to make sure we're keeping our home a safe place, empowering, empowering our kids to make decisions that they're going to have to own, teaching biblical values, and then hopefully, as our kids get older, and even right now, they choose to make the right decisions because they own their decisions and not their parents are making them make the decisions. So today, um, I, I know that it said that I'm going to speak and, and my wife is going to speak. Really, my wife is going to do the majority of the speaking. It's kind of like thinking that you're going to get hot dogs for lunch and you wind up getting steak, right? Because she's a great communicator and she's a great teacher. But um, I, I want to tell you, regardless of, of whether you come from a Christian background or not, regardless of whether you have children or not, Regardless of whether your kids are grown or not, you still have a role in this. This message can still speak to you because we, listen, being a youth pastor for three and a half years, we have so many people coming from broken backgrounds and so many kids that need role models and spiritual fathers and mothers that whether you have children or your children have grown up and now they're out of the house, we still need people speaking into the lives of of other people. Okay. So please listen, please apply where it's applicable. Please speak life into the future generations that are coming. Um, it is great privilege and an honor to introduce my wife, Carissa Carter. She lives this message. This is what she does. This is what she's passionate about when it comes to families. I honor her. I love her. Give it up for my wife, Carissa. Good morning. You guys are awesome. <laughs> that was a great response. I didn't get that earlier. But <laughs> um, I have a, a background in teaching, so I, I look at my notes a lot. I, I try to teach. So it's, um, part of it, too, I like to give the foundation of why we do certain things. I was raised in the church, and a lot of times you just hear, do this, don't do that. Why? Because the Bible says so. Or if you had a great mom, she said, because I said so. And, and that's okay. That's okay too, right? But um, I really felt like today I need to lay the foundation for why we do what we do. Um, we're not experts. Some of you, I've asked a lot of questions because you have perfect kids and families and the Atwells are one of them. <laughs> And the Polinsky, I mean, those are just families that, that we look to as role models. Um, I remember Jeff Booth, when he was here, we used to ask him a ton of questions, too, just about how did you guys do it? Um, how have you processed stuff? Um, and one thing I want to say, I'm, I'm going to go through a lot of rules. If you're like my husband, you're going to hate those things because um, it's rules, 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 rules. Um, but I will say rules without relationship creates rebellion, and the reason we have enforced these boundaries in our home 
First, we've enforced them on ourselves way before our own kids because we try to live this thing out and we don't say, do as we say, not as we do. So understand these are boundaries that we put for us first and then our children. But I think we have a pretty flipping good relationship with my kids. And yes, I said flipping. Um, <laughs> we pastored youth for a long time. So we say certain things that might be offensive if, if you're a certain age or older, but I figure we don't pastor the youth anymore. Pastor Drew and Morgan do. So whatever I say, especially the young people, if, if they get mad for all these things, you can talk to them about. Um, but first let's go back to the Bible in Genesis one. Um, it says verse 27, God made man in his own likeness in the likeness of God. He made him, he made both male and female and God wanted good to come to them. That statement in and of itself is very powerful. He wanted good to come to them. So he said, give birth to many grow in number Fill the earth. I heard that. Woo. (laughs) Practice. Um, Fill the earth and rule over it, which meant have children. Give birth to many. Grow in number. Fill the earth. Um, God is very family oriented. If you look all throughout the Bible, he first picked the nation of Israel to be his children. He's referred to in the Bible as our father. And then we are referred to as his sons and his daughters. He's very family oriented. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16, we are the house of the living God. God has said, I will live in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and my daughters. You see, God is very, very intentional. He's very relational. He's very purposeful in everything that he does. And so I feel like our challenge as parents needs to be intentional, relational, and purposeful. We cannot passively parent. Let me say that again. We cannot passively parent. We will stand before the Lord, not their youth pastor, not their teachers, not their coaches. We will. And so I understand that as much as I love to lead worship and as much as I love to teach and impact lives, my first calling is to my 14 and my 16-year-old. And that's what I'm going to be most held accountable to. So I'm very, very passionate about this. Um, Here's what Henry, excuse me, Dr. Henry Cloud in his book, Boundary, says. The family is the social unit that God invented to fill up the world with representatives of his loving character. It is a place for nurturing and developing babies until they are mature enough to go out of the family as adults. And here's the key. And to multiply his image in other surroundings. It's a place for nurturing, developing babies until they are mature enough, but it's to multiply his image in other surroundings. Having children is extremely missional. If you're pregnant, you are carrying the image of God inside of you. If you're raising kids, you are nurturing, you're responsible, you're equipped, you're anointed to parent those children. And God knew what he was doing. There are no accidents. 
Even if you have an unexpected surprise, it did not take God by surprise. Amen. He was very intentional. You were born. You were created for such a time as this. You are fully equipped to do this responsibility. And so today, hopefully, you'll take away some really practical things. But I just thought that statement, it was mind-blowing even to me. There's a mission behind having kids. It's not so my name continues. It's not just so we can live out through our children what we were never able to accomplish. There's a mission. There's a purpose behind having kids. And that's to reproduce his image in today's society. And so I pray that that really is, is communicated today. You are blessed with children who are made in the image of God. It's your first and highest calling. Even if you're a single parent, it did not take God by surprise. Nothing in your family has taken him by surprise. Psalms 127 says children are a gift. That moody child is your gift. <laughs> That toddler that keeps you up and throws tantrums in the middle of the parking lot, one of mine did, and just sat there as cars were coming. That's my reward. (laughs) That's our heritage. That baby that keeps you up all night long and then you have to go to work, that's a reward. That is God's reward to you. I pray this morning that honestly the eyes of our understanding, our understanding would be open, that this missional mindset, I pray that it creates a shift in your thinking. I pray that it inspires you. I pray that you're able to take some practical things away from it as well. So let's pray before I go on. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're already here. We know your presence is here. You're omnipresent. You're always here. God, I pray for wisdom and revelation. I pray for relationships to heal. I pray for relationships to form in Jesus' name. We break every lie of the enemy that comes against parents that says they can't do this, they're not equipped, they don't know how, they never saw it. We silence those things, Lord. We look to your word, we look to your Holy Spirit, and we look to others in community, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And no, I'm not done. That was just my beginning. (laughs) Um, For the sake of clarification, we're not perfect parents. Uh, We make a lot of mistakes. And um, there's decisions that, let's be honest, my kids are 14 and almost 16 or almost 14 and 16. We haven't had to face certain decisions like some of you have. And and so I pray the Lord gives us wisdom as we do that. a lot of our parenting decisions and, and boundaries or rules, if you will, um, were things we saw in our family, like both good things, bad things that we said, you know what, we'd, we're not going to have this in our family. Um, so those things are very influential. Working with your teenagers, boy, do we know a lot. Because <laughs> teenagers are very honest. They just, they are. They're very forthcoming with, with what's going on. Um, and then again, in talking to you guys, parents, I've asked a ton of questions. Um, I read a lot of books too. And let's be honest, the media has great resources out there. It really, really does. You, you have access to the most wonderful curriculum, speakers, authors, um, classes. We even have a parenting small group class here. And, and let me add, um, the second step in our process is grow. There's a reason why we plug small groups, because you need community, you need accountability. And for me, I was um, 
fortunate enough to be in Carrie's small group that she has many, many stories about. And I took so many practical things away from my friendship with Carrie. Seriously. Um, I would text her and just say, is this normal for boys? Like, it's just weird. And her sons are like two, four years older than mine. So that's an important thing of community is to go, I don't know what I'm doing, but you've been there. So please help me or tell me what what mistakes I'm making. Um, Again, we were super intentional with our kids. Uh, We decided to make it a point to find out books they were reading, um, music they listened to, stuff they watch. Um, You may find that you have nothing in common with your children, Um, especially one particular Child may be the complete opposite of you. And again, use resources to find out how do I connect with them? How do I get in their world? It's not up to your kids to get in your world. It's up to you to get in their world. Okay? Don't let them spend hours and hours alone. There's healthiness to that, but you need to get in their world. You need to be really intentional. I don't care if it's awkward. There's a lot of awkward talks that we have and I'm sure my children will say yes and amen. Um, The younger our children were, the more intentional, the stricter we were. I mean, science proves that your frontal lobe in your brain, the decision-making part of the brain when you're younger, makes decisions based on feelings. And that does not fully develop until your mid to late 20s. And so what motivates kids kids, and I use like maybe 25 and under, is what feels good at the moment. Science talks a lot about that. So it's our job to find out what the Bible says, to find out what you want for your family, okay? I'm going to share a ton of stuff that you may think, that's just helicopter parenting. I'm not going to do it. Guess what? You don't have to. I'm just going to share hopefully some practical stuff that that you can take away um, and then pray about it. Talk with your spouse. Um, One of the cool things that this was mind-blowing to me, Hebrews 5.14 says, Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use have trained themselves. At some point, your children, as they mature and you know, have to train themselves to make decisions. And they have to choose it. And so it may take years. You may have children that are still not saved. And I just want to partner with you this morning and just let you know that we're believing with you as a body of Christ, that those seeds that were planted, that you've done your job, that there's a decision that they have to make. And so I've been praying into that, especially for prodigal kids who were raised in the church that I believe this year is going to be a very powerful year for unsaved loved ones to come back, especially kids. So if that's you today, I, I want, I want to honor you in that, that we're believing that with you. Um, both the Hebrew and Greek scholars, they translate the word discipline. Um, it has a positive and a negative account. How many of you would say your home was more negative discipline? It was punishment, consequences, or if you're Hispanic, you had shoes thrown at you, (laughs) or I know, (laughs) or whatever mom could find, it was coming at you. And we deserved it. I know that's abusive for, you know, for some of you, but I made it and I'm okay. 
Um, I did not call 911, and I love Jesus, and maybe it was the remote control that came flying at me one day. I don't know. But a, a lot of us maybe had, it was more punitive. It was reactive, right? Your child does something, you, you react. And I think that's normal. Um, but one of the words for, di- actually, the word for discipline has a positive, again, with relationship being there. Um, it's proactive prevention and instruction. It's proactive. So it's making a conscious decision to say, how are we going to parent? You and your spouse need to be on the same page. Let, let me emphasize that very heavily. Your kids will use one against the other. One of mine tried that yesterday. I'll ask dad. No, you won't. <laughs> um, but you've got to be on the same page. If one of you is a little bit more intuitive um, than the other, then that's fine. And submit to it. Like, it's okay. Um, and also, too, uh, we had to communicate with caregivers in our lives as to what our boundaries were. So, for example, um, we we raised our kids. My, my family and his family lived down south, so we didn't have a lot of family near us at all. Um, but if I knew my kids were going to be with a babysitter very rarely, or if they were going to stay with my parents for whatever reason, we communicated with them what our boundaries were so that they know, and it's okay. These are your kids. And it's okay to say, you know what? I know you raised me a certain way, but this is how we're doing it with my, with our kids. Okay. Amen. Um, one thing about discipline, um, discipline has to be internal before it can be external. So in your heart of hearts, you have to believe before you can actually put boundaries or else you're going to strive. You're going to find it's not working. Whatever you don't truly believe your kids know, because we've tried to be intentional as do as we do and not do as we say. Does that make sense? It changes it. Do as we do. We put boundaries for us. Do as we do, not just, well, my kids need it and I don't. Ouch. (laughs) Say something. Say something. (laughs) Um, Let's use pornography as an example. We know it's it's a sin. The Bible talks about that. Um, science really goes into um, the long-term psychological effects, um, marriage effects. It, it affects your intimacy. Okay, marriage does not cure pornography. Amen. Um, the physical rewiring now of your brain that it literally begins to change. It depletes chemicals from your body. You see a, uh, a very high rate now of depression and suicide attempts because of, of the pornography. They're calling it the new drug. If you've seen that, like porn is the new drug. Um, and now you're getting even unsaved people that are recognizing this. So how much more should the church be engaging culture, not going to the hills of Montana somewhere, you know, and, and living in a bubble, but engaging culture and saying, not in my home, here's how we're going to handle this. Okay. Um, experts agree that pornography is the one area you have to be relentless about in your home. Relentless. You can't give it a foothold. So parents, that means you have software on your computers. You have things on your phone. 
to try to prevent it. What your child does outside of the home, that's on them. I can't, I can't control. I don't want to control what my kids do outside of the home. But I'm not going to let it in mine as best as I can. Um, that's one thing I, I most admire about my husband. I know he, he talks about he didn't grow up with boundaries, but um, he started doing simple things. We learned from a youth pastor a long time ago, um, and we're big sports fanatics. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> it's pretty obsessive in our house. But um, He likes Alabama, as you know. And I know you were happy that Clemson won. I get it. But um, one of the things that our youth pastor like taught us is that he would have a, like a, um, what do you call it? A previous channel. So when commercials come on, we're flipping to, we, when they were younger, we did not allow commercials in our home. We just didn't. So we were constantly like previous. Okay. So our previous is going to be HGTV. So when a commercial comes on, you lessen the risk of some sexually provocative content that comes on. Um, so he did that. He was one of the first ones that took that, ran with it. Um, he was really, really good during movie previews. It was like, we're going to go get popcorn. And he would take my son and my daughter, and they would stand on the popcorn line until the movie started. Um, he would bounce his eyes. I mean, th- these are just things that because he internally grabbed a hold of, and it wasn't because I was the nagging wife. Understand that. I was not the nagging, you should do that. That does not work. The Holy Spirit, as he sought after the Lord, this really became internal for him to do that. Amen. Um, he would take the kids. We wouldn't go through the entrance of Victoria's Secrets in the mall because it's not a secret. <laughs> it's out there. Just intentional stuff. We did it like the other day. My kids are like, you know, little young adults, they're taller than I am. And it's like, we were going to the entrance and we were like, eh, we'll go this way as much as you can. Okay. Um, but, but he did that stuff. I just, you know, really want to honor that. Um, it's not the church's responsibility and it's not the school. It is yours, ours, ours, mine to raise our kids. Um, so thank you. Um, I'm going to give you some really practical things that we did. Again, I know for some, this is super overwhelming. Do you know you can start these boundaries at any point in time? You can say, you know what, guys, we have not been proactive. We haven't done this. I I understand that you're 17, but we're going to put boundaries as of today. Once again, they can complain to the Millikens if there are issues for that. Um, TV, we changed commercials had a previous channel. We, for the most part, did not let our kids just browse through the TV. Like, do you know what you're going to be watching? Because you know what? The enemy is slick. And if you have cable, you know, those TV titles are so pornographic. It is just out there. You may say, well, we're just not going to have cable. And that's fine. We enjoy cable. We, we enjoy the things that we can sports. Once again, um, HGTV, love that kind of stuff. So, um, commercials, 80% of our channels are locked. There's just, you can't pick your own package anymore. And so we just lock everything else. And the only one that has the, the, the pin number for it is me. 
And my husband has decided to not even have the PIN number. And for Netflix, my husband has decided, I didn't even ask him to do that. He decided, I don't even want to put my flesh in a situation where I can access stuff. Plain and simple. Um, Now, wives, (laughs) don't you dare go home and say, well, Pastor Jason, don't do that. That will not go well for you. Um, TV, we don't allow TVs in our rooms. We don't have one. Um, Our kids are not going to have one in their room. Um, They just watch TV in areas where it's busy. So if anything's on, we, if I'm doing laundry and I want to check and I usually go, Hey, what are you watching? It's just, it's just, that's normal for us. Like this is not like hard work. It's just who we are. Um, pin codes, you can check your Netflix activity account. I don't know if you knew that, but if, if you're a working parent and your kids are home, you know, you can actually access, I'm not going to tell you how, um, but you can access accounts just to find out the history of what's being watched. Again, these are boundaries that we put in place for us. We don't ask our kids to do anything that we don't do first. That's where, that's where some parents have the issue. It's not that they can't and they don't know how, although there are legitimate reasons um, to not know how to do certain things. But putting boundaries on your kids means you are externally not allowing the enemy in your own heart first. Um, as the kids have gotten older, we use this app, which I know they love, called Common Sense Media. And Common Sense Media, before we watch movies, read books, video games, um, we will say, have you common sensed it? Um, do you know what's in the movie? It gives you content. It gives you a review, a trailer. You can click on all those things the further, like if, if all five circles are dark, then you know it's, it's bad. Um, and then Wonder Woman, woo-woo. Uh, but anyway, we saw it and we common sensed it first. So the point is, is, is to not put yourself in a position where you get taken by surprise. Okay? The enemy knows what he's doing, and so we are intentional about not putting ourselves as much as we can in those positions. Uh, we also use a filtering system called ClearPlay. It's an actual Blu-ray or DVD player that you can buy. 16 different filter options, everything from mild to strict. Um, once again, language in our home is not as huge of a deal as sexual content. And that's just something we don't even want to watch other people. Why would I allow my kids to do that? It's, it's not good for my flesh at all. It's not good for my eyes. It's certainly not good for my heart. So these are systems that we, we put in place first. I hope you guys are with me. Um, I know it's, it's a lot. Let's talk about social media. Um, if used correctly and safely, social media is amazing. It really, really is. You can access information so much faster now. Um, especially as a means to connect. Our family does not live close, and so we're able to post pictures, videos, dumb, just dumb stuff that my mom's like, oh, that's so awesome. Or, you know, she just stays in touch. Um, 
But as Barnabas Piper states, it can also be where common sense and decency go to die. (laughs) According to George Barna, media exposure has become America's most widespread and serious addiction. Speaker and author Simon Sinek says, we know engagement with social media and our cell phones releases a chemical called dopamine. So there's an actual chemical that's released when you get a text message. So when your child's constantly checking them, do you want to know why? Because dopamine is telling them, this feels good, this feels good, this feels good. All the likes on Instagram, when you're constantly checking how many people watched your story, it's because it releases dopamine in your brain. (laughs) I love social media. Um, I love Instagram. This is my... Instagram account and I let them use some pictures um, or stuff, just random stuff that uh, we post or that I post. Um, I know it's embarrassing to my kids, but I figure it's payback for all the hours I stayed up, the tantrums, the awkward, you know, birds and bees conversations I've had to had. This is paybacks. Um, but I love Instagram. We have a lot of fun with it. Uh, one of the things I was determined to know, what are my kids? What is culture? What is culture saying is cool? What is culture say is fun? So I want to know these things. I highly challenge you. If you're not a cool parent, don't go on Instagram. (laughs) And all the kids are like, yeah, um, just, (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, But we wanted to stay involved with what our kids are using. It also lets us know, like, what are some media things that we don't want in our, in our home? Okay. They have video apps now that the videos disappear instantly. And so your child is able to video stuff and it disappears and you have no way of knowing or what's being sent to them. So you just, you have to be really careful. Um, one, one word of caution with Instagram Um, the devil is, is crafty. He's constantly, I get bombarded with pornographic accounts that want to befriend me constantly. You need to know that with your kids, that there's intentionality on people going after your child's, um, eyes, heart. They call porn the new drug. And there's, there's a reason for that. We've got reports even as early as like five years old, six years old that are being addicted to porn, not just exposure, addicted. Um, another challenge to my adults in particular, be careful what you post on social media. Um, <laughs> statistically, you are not going to win the world of followers by arguing or political posts or rants. It just doesn't really happen. So use Proverbs as a good resource before you yourself post or want to correct P it. Yeah, it just, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> that was free. Um, <laughs> there should be a test. I think that people have to take before they're allowed an account. <laughs> anyway, um, phone. My kids did not get, um, a smartphone until they were 14. Boo. I know. Um, experts even say 16. That's what the experts say, 16 years old. Um, 
the book Fearless Parenting suggests that. We have passcodes. We know our passcodes. I forget mine all the time. Um, but we know each other's passcodes. So if my kids want to search my internet history, they absolutely can. And if I want to search their stuff, I absolutely have every right to. A, because I own the phone. That's my phone. That ain't your phone. Right? Well, if you're my daughter, you actually do own, she bought her phone. But anyway, um, uh, we don't allow our kids to charge their phones in their room at night. Let me say that again. We don't allow our kids to charge their phones in the room at night. Um, they charge them in the hallway, in the kitchen. Um, there's just the accountability of at any point in time, I want to check. I can, I will. And that's just the way it's going to go. But there's also a lot of trust with my kids, too. I trust you. I trust you with all of my heart. I trust you until you give me reason not to trust you. Right? Um, if your kids argue that they can't wake up in the morning, that's not true because Walmart has some very classy alarms for eight bucks that make a really obnoxious sound to wake their tired heads up at 1230 in the afternoon. They'll get up, I promise. <laughs> you tell I have teenagers. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> um, but they, they don't need it. Um, music. This is the, the last thing I'm going to close with, but stick with me. Music. We absolutely love music. We love it. Amen. Hopefully you enjoy music. Um, we've changed our, our views a little bit on music. Um, sporting events, stores, the mall, classroom. I mean, music is everywhere. You cannot protect your kids with anything, and that's not the goal. The goal is to train them, equip them, and send them out, not pull them in. And we've had season where, seasons where we pulled them in, and that's okay. Do what you do because you do you best, right? But the goal is to send them out. We listen to music. We dance in our house. It's embarrassing maybe fun um it's helped us to process like hey you know that song from bruno mars you you know what's he really was he really talking about okay we can't listen to that okay this you know who whoever i'm i'm just giving examples that's just what we've chosen to do that may not work for you that may be against your convictions that's okay. We've just chosen for us because we love music that we want to process it with our kids. We want to be able to say with them, um, this is cool music. This is amazing. Hey, you need to listen to the lyrics. Um, they have playlists. Uh, we address playlists like mm, that song doesn't need to be on there. So again, we, we, one of the things they um, talked about when that word train, this is a powerful image to me. That word train in the Bible, train up a child, they liken it to putting a bit in a horse's mouth. If you've ever tried to drastically train a wild horse, and I have not, um, it, it doesn't go well. But if you inspire, motivate, do it little by little, that 
supposedly. That's what happens. And so, we, again, that's where the relationship key is. You, you cannot just, like, all of a sudden be like, you know, Hitler, we're going to, we're changing everything. You can't do that. You've got to have relationship with your kids. Honest conversations. Man, we have not done it well up until this point. But the younger you start, the easier it is to go, all right, you're on your own. We had many awkward conversations with, with some of you. Um, or with strangers about why we weren't going to let our 10-year-old go sleep over. Just like, sorry, I, I don't know your values. And honestly, most unsafe people are okay with it. I actually find the ones that have difficulty are the church people. Yeah, if anything, sometimes it's been like, well, we've seen that movie. Yeah, but I, I can't. And that's okay. Okay, um, that's okay to do. I realize I've, I've said uh, a ton today. Thank you for grace. Um, there's a lot of research that, that went involved in this. Um, some of the stuff we, I've talked about, like books mentioned, um, mentors have, have helped us with. These are not things that, that we came up with on our own. Um, and I know that... Whenever a message is preached, there's so many different filters going on. There's personality, there's culture, there's age, there's season of life. Um, and some automatically, it's like, well, I'm not going to do that, and that's okay. Um, but I, I really want to focus here in closing. Um, the first thing is we're going to pray today just for a mindset shift, a change of mind, a change of heart that you could be grandparenting or parenting or just preparing to have children because maybe you don't have them yet, but a mindset shift that I'm, I'm creating, I'm, I'm helping to nurture to produce God's image into the secular environment. I'm not trying to pull them in. I'm not trying to control them out of fear for God has not given us a spirit of fear and intimidation but of love, power, and of a sound mind. I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit today, and then you have to walk this out. One message doesn't, doesn't do anything. You have to walk it out. Community, small groups, ask people. But as we close, if anything um, we've talked about has challenged you, encouraged you, I want you to stand. Um, the reason you're standing is because we're going to pray for God's help. We're going to pray for God's anointing to be on you as a parent. We're going to pray that the mindset begins to shift, shift. And even as a church, that he's going to strategically put, as Pastor Jason said, young people in your place that, that you get to mentor, that you get to help. Because your season's not over just because your kids have left the house. We need you. The church needs you. And so, God, we're, we're standing today. We're asking for your help. God, we realize that you've given us children, that they're a reward, that they are a blessing, that they are a heritage. You have strategically placed us for such a time as this for this moment 
I was born for this season. Your family was placed here in culture, in society, in your jobs for such a time as this to be God-bearer images and to help nurture them. I ask for an anointing that only the Spirit of God can do. Lord, I come against every lie of the enemy that says you can't do this. God, we look to you. We need your help because it's by your grace and your grace alone. God, we can't just, we can't be driven by rules, Lord. We can't. It's got to be grace. It's got to be the way you treat us. And so, God, we ask even for a deeper revelation of the Father toward us. That your grace, you extend grace and mercy. And I pray that you would help us as we parent. God, we're weak in this area and we need your help. We need your strength, God. Second Timothy says, he has equipped you to do every good work. Every good work, and that means parenting. He has equipped you. Every good work. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you. We love you. We thank you for grace. In Jesus' name. Um, And as we close, we're going to have our altar workers come up. If you need to pray just kind of more in depth or maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord, please come up, talk with one of our altar workers, and they'll be more than happy to walk you through stuff that we've talked about today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for grace this morning. Thank you. And hopefully we'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you.